You're listening to Let's Talk Business, the business podcast that connects entrepreneurs globally. And back on our show, as promised, we have Dr. Connor Ward. Connor, you're very welcome back to the show and thank you for joining me here in the studio on the phone. Thank you very much for having me again and hello to all the listeners out there. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, talking a little bit about stress today. Stress. Stress is something that really affects everybody, good and bad. Nobody can escape it. Uh, What what have you got for us this evening, Connor? Well, I'd like to start with a question to yourself, Susan, first of all. uh, Interesting. In in the last year, uh, would you say you've had low, medium or high levels of stress? Um, If I'm to be really honest about that, uh, high. Hi. Yes. Great. Well, that's the, I'm the an entrepreneur. <laughs> yes, indeed. So it's the most common answer I get. Everybody has high, high levels of stress. Um, and, uh, you know, because of busy lifestyles of taking care of uh, family and taking care of business and, uh, and doing everything all at once, it becomes a bit overwhelming at times. Absolutely. Uh, so I have another question for you now. Would you consider stress to be a good thing or a bad thing? That's a difficult question to answer because I would consider it personally to be a bad thing. Okay. Yeah. And why would you say that? Because I think it has a negative effect on your body. And I'm not entirely sure if this is correct, but I believe that it causes cortisol to go into the system. And I'm sure that's not really good for you. Oh, very good. You're very well informed. You're very well informed. So, uh, yes, it does release uh, several hormones, including one called cortisol. Um, And I think most people have uh, an understanding that uh, stress has many knock-on negative effects. Uh, And it's true, it can increase your chances of having everything from the common cold right up to more serious conditions like cancer. Um, so it's really, really important for uh, us to manage it effectively. And that's why it's, uh, it's so close to my heart when it comes to helping teach people to manage their stress effectively. So it reduces their chances of developing any of those uh, types of conditions that are associated with it. Yes, indeed. And Connor, how do you help people to manage stress? I'm actually trying to manage stress at the moment through meditation and kinesiology and stuff like that but how do you actually help people to manage theirs well i think the 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 primary thing and uh you know this is first podcast today is one of three because it's a big subject to delve into and i think the starting block has to be an understanding of stress uh what it is why we have it and then we can start to build in an understanding of of how we manage it uh so let me ask you why do you think we have the ability to become stressed in the first place Um, I think the ability to become stressed due to my own management of it is the fight or flight um, mechanism, which if we get a fright or somebody's coming to kill us, we need to kind of release certain chemicals so we can run away and survive. You're you're right again, 100% (laughs) so far with the test. That's good. I've done research into this subject, Connor. Yeah. It's good, it's good. You're well informed, as I say. So it's a natural response by the body against potential harmful stimuli to enhance your ability to survive. Okay. Mm -hmm. So as you know, whenever I teach people, I like to consider our evolution uh, as an animal. And if we go back, way back to when uh, our ancestors, our great, 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 great grandparents, who were hunters and gatherers, uh, we weren't at the top of the food chain. We were bang in the middle of the food chain. 
And there was a lot of threats. There was a lot of threats to our survival. You know, there was wild animals. There was other tribes uh, competing for resources. Uh, and so we evolved as animals to have this ability to give ourselves superpowers. Uh, <laughs> and that's what the fight or flight response is. Whenever you're in that stressful situation, a bear has walked out in front of your path. You have to have the ability to either run away or try and fight them off. Connor, I don't feel like I have any superpowers, but I sure do have a lot of stress. <laughs> okay, so what, what, what things cause you to get stressed then? Um, I think if I have a huge workload and I honestly, bad time management on my part and not feeling like I'm particularly organized and also excitement causes me okay. stress. If I'm excited yeah. about something, I have to try and keep myself calm. Great. And so do you think it's an emotional response then? Uh, yeah, I suppose it is really an emotional response. Um, well, I, in terms of excitement, yeah, I would it would be an emotional response. But then again, I think it's going to happen whether I feel emotional or not. Yeah. So most people feel whenever they're under pressure, there's an emotional reaction and that's what stress is. Um, but it's a common misconception. That's the only thing that causes stress. Mm. So I'll give you an example. And again, you know, I harp on about my five pillars of health. Um, but there, if you have, uh, you can have chemical things that will cause you to get stressed. So for example, if you've ever made the mistake in your life to drink more than one Red Bull, oh, you'll soon feel... Feel what it feels like to be stressed. Absolutely. Whenever you have that caffeine hit, uh, you know, your heartbeat starts to increase, you start to get edgy, um, and, and that's exactly the same uh, biological response we have to stress. You can also be physically stressed. If you're trying to carry uh, a huge, heavy load, um, then your body will re release the same chemicals um, in order to allow you to, again, gain the ability to try and cope with that stressful stimulus um, and the same thing if you are in a starvation mode so for example in a historical past if there was a famine our bodies would get through that by releasing uh, stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline uh, which actually release more glucose into your blood and wow. um, to allow you to to overcome that I didn't so, know that yeah, it's great <laughs> so stress is the perfect mechanism to help us survive in the hunter-gatherer world but I'm sure you can see one problem with that uh, well, we're not hunter-gatherers really anymore, <laughs> so the likelihood of a bear attacking us in Ireland or the UK is pretty low. Pretty low indeed, yes. So that's <laughs> that's the, the payoff we have now. We've got this biology with this ability to give us superpowers, and it still comes into play now, you know. You hear these stories of uh, people having car crashes, and then all of a sudden these women or men are able to lift the car off yeah. their kids and do all these amazing things and and so that we still have that ability to have those superpowers and stress isn't just a negative thing whenever you know the boys are lining up on the rugby field to take on England on St Patrick's <laughs> Day to win the Six Nations they are feeling stressed and they're getting their superpowers as well what an example <laughs> <laughs> so now do you remember all of my five pillars of health um, I think I do. So okay. we, we've just discussed the physical, yeah. chemical, emotional, recovery, and neurological. Full marks again. Well done. Awesome. So Thanks. You're, you're making me sound really good here, Connor. <laughs> you're, you're making me sound like a good teacher. So it works both ways. So 
Let me talk you through it then. So I try to put each uh, thing I teach into this structure so people can understand it. So whenever it comes to stress, and uh, forgive me, I'm going to go a little bit technical for those okay. people who are listening who enjoy a bit of science. Okay. okay. So you have the nervous system, okay? And you have different branches of the nervous system. You have a, a part of your nervous system called the autonomic nervous system. That splits into two other types called your sympathetic nervous system and your parasympathetic nervous system. Now to put it in layman's terms, your sympathetic nervous system tells everything to go faster. Okay. And your parasympathetic nervous system tells everything to go slower. So your sympathetic nervous system is uh, in charge of your fight or flight response. I like to call it sympathetic because it's worried about you when a bear walks out in front of you or you've got that <laughs> deadline to come in. So, so if you have a, a physical, chemical or emotional stress that comes into your life, your body then uses the nervous system, the sympathetic nervous system to stimulate your body to release certain chemicals so you mentioned cortisol uh, mm -hmm. and adrenaline is another one and there's several other hormones that also get released alongside the stress response which we'll talk a little bit about uh, in one of the later podcasts but adrenaline and cortisol are very powerful chemicals um Absolutely. You may have heard of corticosteroids. So if someone's very ill, they get placed on corticosteroids. The cortical part of the steroid part is cortisol. Okay, so it gives you your body, whenever you take that medication, the same sort of uh, superpowers that you get in a, a lesser dose whenever you get stressed. Oh. So those have a knock-on effect. First of all, the nervous system is the, is the king at the top, in charge of everything that's happening. In interpreting those signals that are coming in, stimulating your chemical system, your adrenaline and cortisol, that has knock-on effects on your internal chemistry, like I say, releases that glucose, gets your body ready to fight or flight, and it has that physical branch, if you remember the physical yeah. branch, you get an increased amount of strength, your heart starts to beat, you start to breathe faster. You get an emotional response, you get more aggressive, you get fired up uh, whenever you're stressed. Uh, and then it also increases your alertness. Now, that's interesting. That's great whenever you're standing on the rugby field. It's not so great if you're sitting in front of a computer screen. Okay? So true. So, <laughs> that physical <laughs> aspect where the body gets pumped full of chemicals that help it fight. Uh, or flight, if you're sitting there staring at a computer screen, what's going to happen is all of those muscles are getting prepared for activity and you're doing no activity. So your muscles tend to go tighten up and then they go into spasm. And that's when you get that achy tension uh, in your muscles. Oh, wow. Uh, so whenever, is that responsible for, sometimes I get this knot on the back of my neck, like on the bone where it joins up to my spine. Is that what causes that? It's like you're a mind reader right here now. So <laughs> as a, a evolutionary uh, adaptation, whenever we get stressed or scared, we want to try and make ourselves look big, right? And humans yeah. don't have any big spikes or anything on our bodies. So the way we make ourselves look big, if you ever see uh, two people squaring up to each other, is they puff their shoulders up and make their, their chest look big. Yeah. So it's a natural inbuilt response for us to raise our shoulders. So whenever you get stressed, if you ever see somebody in the movies who's stressed, the first thing somebody does is come over and give them a little shoulder rub because those are the muscles that get activated. Again, primal uh, biology coming into modern day uh, life. But uh, unfortunately, if you're not trying to fight fight someone off, then all that happens is those muscles get filled full um, of chemicals that cause them to tighten up and get stiff. Wow, that's so interesting, Connor. And that, that happens a lot, I would say, to everybody. 
Happens a lot, yeah. And then with your heart and your breathing rate increase, that's the other physical change that we see. That's the type of thing that can lead to anxiety disorder. So hyperventilation, uh, feeling like the, the sort of walls are closing in uh, and in a very ex extreme stress situation. Um, so there's a negative knock-on effect if you're not using your stress superpowers in the right way. Wow, I was going to just ask about anxiety as well. The, and you've answered the question there before I asked <laughs> We are in and tune this evening, Connor. <laughs> indeed. And then we talked about your alertness. Whenever you get a stress response, you get more alert. And that's the uh, going to affect one aspect of your recovery. What happens when you get stressed? What happens to your sleep? You can't sleep. You can't sleep, no. <laughs> Simple. You're set on high alert uh, and your body isn't able to settle down. Your mind's racing with a thousand different scenarios going through it. Um, so it has a knock-on effect then on your body's ability to recover because your sleep is your body's uh, mechanism for, for recovery. Uh, and if that's affected, if you're not getting your sort of seven or eight hours a night because of a stressful situation, then it has a knock-on effect on, on lots of different systems as well. Wow. And basically, as I said, whenever the, the number one thing that the fight or flight does is it prioritizes short term survival. Okay. okay. If you were a cave a person back in the day and you were in front of a bear, it was a short term stress. Okay. So a cave person never had to worry about paying a mortgage on their house. They didn't have to worry about the economy crashing. They didn't have to worry about getting their kids to school on time and, and uh, making sure they, they made enough money in the day. <laughs> All of those things are, are modern day stresses. Yeah. Um, and again, your body, whenever you're in those situations, whenever you're in a stressful situation, uh, like, like I say, a, a bear's walk up in front of you, do you think your body is prioritizing your digestion? Do I think the body is prioritizing digestion? Yeah. No. no. At that point, no. Exactly. You've heard this. <laughs> The the, uh, the turn of phrase that you were so scared that you pooped your pants that type of thing. Okay, so your body actually gets rid. Uh, and if you've ever heard of IBS being a, affected by somebody's stress levels, that's the reason why. Again, it's a biological action for your body to try and get rid uh, of as much of the food in your stomach as possible. Okay. So, and then tell me, whenever you're going to be in a fight, do you think your body's prioritizing your short-term immunity or your long-term immunity? Um, I don't think it even thinks about it, maybe. <laughs> well, well, actually, it does. It actually primes wow. your body for, for injury. Um, and this is why your uh, stress has been associated as one of the biggest risk factors in cancer. Okay. okay. Um, now, Whenever your body is in that fight or flight situation, it's prioritizing the part of your immune system that deals with inflammation, deals with swelling, deals with fixing cuts, okay? It's not prioritizing your long-term immunity. Now, we have a part of our, our immune system, uh, a very smart white blood cell called a T-killer cell. It's also got a wow. really cool name. That is and good. its job is to mop up cancer cells. Okay, so we get cancerous cells all the time from background radiation, mobile phones, breathing oxygen, oxygen oxidizes and damages our DNA over a period of time. So we constantly have these abnormal cells formed in our body, but our immune system is designed to cope with it. Um, so when it comes to those uh, types of cancers that affect people, elderly people, or people whenever they get on, not so much the, the childhood uh, cancers, but um, it's usually because the immune system has started to decrease in its efficiency or they have been exposed to long-term periods of stress. 
Um, so that's why it can have a knock-on effect on how your body manages common colds. Like I say, those more serious conditions, um, because your body is not prioritizing its long-term immunity, it's prioritizing that short-term immunity. Okay, that's actually really interesting and kind of scary as well. Yeah, and I mean, it's part of the reason many scientists are considering sort of why those conditions may be on the rise because of the sort of chronic levels of, of stress that uh, we put ourselves under. And do you think that the fact that we're living in the digital era now and we're constantly on phones and computers has a huge amount to do with it? I, th- I think so. But, well, <clears throat> I, I, th- I think if you consider um, what the ideal uh, environment would be for a human being. Okay, so if you, I always talk, I do this visualization technique, so you can, you can okay. humor me on it. Uh, it's called human zoo. So if you were in charge of a zoo and your prime ex- ex- exhibition would be the human enclosure, and you were a very conscientious zookeeper and you wanted to keep your humans happy and healthy, what type of food would you get them to eat? What type of uh, activities would you get them to do? What sort of uh, enclosure would you build for them? Whoa, that's um, that's a big one. Well, I would get them to eat fruit and veg, obviously, lots of it, mm. fresh, yes. organic. Uh, maybe lean meats, but vegan preferably. Um, I'm not a vegan, but ideally mm-hmm. vegan. Uh, yeah. Really comfortable bed and a gym. Great. That's what I would really have. Really good answers. And when, answers. would you have like uh, a forest or a beach or where would you feel most oh, relaxed? Oh, I, did, I didn't realise I had that option. Yeah, well, ideally somewhere by the ocean. Lovely. Yeah. Okay, so that's the thing that most people visualise and that's actually probably along the lines of what hunter-gatherers would have lived in. But if we look around wherever you're sitting right now listening to this podcast, I wonder how <laughs> similar <laughs> your current <laughs> environment looks to that one you would have built. Uh, when I ask this question, nobody says that they would put a boss uh, human in there to, to boss the humans around and tell them what to do. Uh, oh, they gosh, never say yeah. We're going to make them pay for their enclosure <laughs> the way we pay mortgages. We'll uh, tax them. <laughs> yeah, we'll tax them. You know, they never pump in TV, uh, you know, news about potential terrorist attacks or gosh. the drop economy or all these things oh that we're gosh, actually yeah. not even aware of that may be causing some form of stress on either an emotional or a subconscious level uh, constantly. Um, Connor, and- I can't believe that I didn't actually mention a phone. I, I didn't mention it. And it's probably one of the things I use the most in my life. Sure. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's so many different things, like I say, that uh, I, I take care of people every single day. And uh, the one thing I will have learned is that the things that potentially stress me out don't even register in other people's radars. And the things that they get stressed out about don't really bother me that much either. Wow, so yeah. it's it's something that's very personal. Um, And like I say, what we're going to go into on the next two podcasts will be how you can make it your friend and how you can effectively manage it uh, in a modern day era. Wow, Connor, that's something that I I would really like to hear about myself, because as I said, I, like many others, um, in the process of stress management. So learning how to make stress, my friend, and for all of the listeners um, will be very, very valuable. Great. Well, yeah. I look forward to that in the next two podcasts. Then. Excellent. Well, Connor, um, I've really enjoyed chatting with you this evening and uh, I definitely have a lot of food for thought now and uh, looking forward to the next episode. Lovely. Me too. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Connor.
listening to Let's Talk Business, the business podcast that connects entrepreneurs globally. And very fortunate, fortunately for me, on the line today, we have Rosalidia Dubon, who's an entrepreneur and the owner of Dubon Consulting and CEO of Fit and Fabs, as well as many other companies. Rosalidia, you're very, very welcome. Thanks for joining us on the line today. Hi, Susan. I'm very, very grateful to be on your show. And we're very grateful to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, Rosalidi, I just have some questions here. Um, can you talk to us about your life growing up and what were your dreams and your goals as a little girl? Yeah, well, that's fascinating because I actually was born in San Francisco area in California and I grew up in Honduras, Central America. Oh, wow. So it was a different experience growing up in a third world country. Wow. Um, I came back to the U.S., to Los Angeles, when I was 11. Um, However, that, you know, for me, waking up in a different country with different language and different everything, the style of dress, and it was just a little traumatizing. Um, I had to learn a lot of things. And unfortunately, at school, I wasn't really taken well. Um, you know, so I was the outcast and, um, in elementary school, I was bullied in Los Angeles. I was there for two years. Then I came to the San Francisco Bay area, um, because I, my grandmother wanted me to, to meet my father who lived in the San Francisco area. And so I came and then I started the final years of middle school here. And once again, for some reason, I was faced with a lot of bullying, um, at that case, <clears throat> that apparently translated because I had transferred from Los Angeles and apparently San Francisco. Back then, maybe you know, little kids, immature, didn't like Angelinos okay. very well. Wow! So then, there's a lot of trauma that I had to go through in middle school in San Francisco. Um, so then I went, moved to high school, and in high school, I, you know. I didn't want to be in the spotlight anymore, whether it was a good thing or a bad thing in high school. I just hid away at the computer lab because I was in a computer academy. Okay. So during break time and during lunch, I would go into the computer lab and I started learning HTML and I coded my pretend websites for my pretend businesses. Love it. And I feel that that's where my entrepreneurial uh, spirit engaged. That's absolutely incredible. And I have to say, out of all the coding languages, having done coding myself, HTML would be one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> but so your entrepreneurial spirit started around that age. And can you talk to me about when you left school, how you entered into your career? Yeah, so when I left high school, I went immediately into a university And I knew then that my passion was marketing. I had visions that my art and my design from marketing and and advertising would be on billboards on highways. And then I also saw my vision of myself being like designing commercials or ads for brand names like Coca-Cola, um, and seeing them in a, in a magazine. I actually had visions of my design work being in magazines. Oh. And so that's where I knew that marketing and advertising were my passion. 
And that's where I pursued since I started the university. Okay. And when you graduated from university, did you find it difficult to get into uh, marketing work or did you go straight into that role? Yes. Um, unfortunately, what they teach you here um, is very out of a book Okay. Uh, with no practice in the field. So I graduated and thought that it would be easy to get a marketing job. Very excited to come <laughs> into the world with my degrees. Um, and no, that was not the case. And that's when we had the market crash, too. Oh, right. Uh, it was very unfortunate that, um, yeah, that didn't lead as I was expected. So um, I, however, uh, started managing a small painting company. And that gave me all the tools that I needed and that I learned now that I have as a business owner. Because I used to manage that painting company for seven years. I did creative work. I did management. I did payroll. Um, and I did HR. I did human resources as well. So I feel that although I feel like school didn't really teach me a lot of things that I needed to put into practice in the real world, I was fortunate enough to find this job as a painter, painting company manager. Okay. And so from there. I moved on and now I've learned a lot and this is what I'm putting into practice now. And can you tell me that when you were working as a manager of the painting company, at what point in your career did you decide, hey, I want to go out on my own. I want to work for myself. Yes. So I had been there for seven years and I'm a person that loves learning. I love education. I love just absorbing as much as I can. I have a very open mind and I felt that that company, like I said, it was a small business, so I didn't have any time, any space to grow. And that was a big part. And so I decided to move on into a real marketing job. And so I started doing marketing and sales for a beer distributing company. It's one of the biggest one here in, in San Francisco. And I started managing brands, uh, Mexican brands for like Corona and Modelo and other Mexican beers. And so I did marketing and sales for that. And that just took me to the level that I wanted for marketing. So you gained a huge amount of experience in sales and marketing, I suppose, in yes. that role. And do you feel that getting that experience in that company was valuable to you when you set up your own business? Um, yes, indeed. Um, and however, my company's stem from my personal experience in the lack of support that I've had growing up, um, you know, a youngster, as an um, entrepreneurial spiral, spirit. Yeah. And so everything that I have now is to provide that support system to individuals who want to start their business and want to get creative with their passion and start making money. And so that's what my company is now evolve around. Okay. And I'm just having a look at, you've got an impressive resume here of uh, different companies. Can you talk to us about what it is you're doing now on a day-to-day -day basis and how many companies you run and what exactly they do? So now, excuse me, now I have three companies. Um, one is Sigon Consulting. I'm very passionate about taking and helping entrepreneurs really you know, get it together with their idea from their vision, their mission, and helping them take it from A to Z. And so that's what I do with that. Um, it's I work a lot with the mindset, and I encourage entrepreneurs to work from within. 
And I tell them, you know, to be aligned with their mind and spirit because that's the foundation of their business. So that's how I take my approach on marketing consulting. That, that's an it, excellent it's, approach. It, it's very different. As a matter of fact, when they hear me, it's like, that's not what I'm used to. <laughs> and, so, and so what I do is I speak from my experience from running businesses, you know, not just from education or from, from textbooks. Exactly. And so that's my value that I bring to entrepreneurs. Um, the second company I'm running is Fit and Fabs. This is a platform, a multimedia platform that I've started for um, experts in beauty, fitness, and wellness. Once again, I'm passionate about helping business owners. And I feel that nowadays with the social media buzz, it's very hard for real experts with the education and, and degrees to make a living because we have other young people just getting on social media and pretending that they're the experts in something that maybe they're not. And so that platform provides, uh, cuts through the noise and I'm able to promote um, doctors, nutritionists, physical therapists, uh, personal trainers through a print publication that is circulated across multiple gyms in California and high-end hotels. I am able to promote them through events and social media. So that is what Fit and Fabs Multimedia is about. And currently, the third business is a women lounge um, for for women to come and work and have a space and have and be able to network with other like-minded uh, business women. I will be providing business resources. So once again, I'm I want to provide. Um, space and resources for women to get going with their businesses in wow. that that's absolutely fantastic and what a fantastic business to have do you feel in your own opinion Rosalie that women have a tougher time in business yes and no um yes it's because they have a lot of limiting beliefs and mm. because the women have been conditioned to stay at home and just to do different types of careers, they believe that to be their truth. Therefore, they don't act upon it. And no, because if they want to do it, they will do it. Absolutely. There, there's resources for men and women. Women just have to go chase their dreams and actually do what they want to do. Absolutely. And just another question there on the subject as well. Do you feel that the education system needs to change? You know, I graduated years ago, and <laughs> I've actually I have a six-year-old now. And before I put her in her kindergarten, I I went through all these middle schools, and I've been speaking to teachers. And it it seems like education is changing or has changed from when I got my degrees. Really? So I feel yes, that's what they're telling me that you know they're incorporating a lot of um, uh, what is it. Um, technology they have different programs for example my daughter now at kinder she's learning how to public speak wow that's fantastic um, yeah project learning um project-based learning which i never had not even in in high school Same as so that. i'm fascinated by how much education is really turning around well i think probably it's a little bit different there over in california but certainly um in the UK and Ireland, uh, our education systems are very much the same as they were probably oh. going back to 
the Industrial Revolution in the 50s. And so nothing has re- like I have nephews in school here and uh, they they're doing the same curriculum basically as as I would have done in school. Like, you know, and I'm like in my late 30s now at this stage and it hasn't changed at all since then. So I mean, hopefully, generally, when something happens over in the States and in California, it kind of finds its way over to this part of the world as well. So hopefully it changes across the board. But um, Rosalidia, just to ask you, if you have any piece of advice to give to any entrepreneur starting out in their business, what would be the best piece of advice to give? Resilience. <laughs> Resilience. Resilience. I mean, there, there's nothing stopping you. If you have that passion, you need to feel it in your heart first and have it be your passion and work from within. Everything else would just fall into place. Work hard, of course. But for me, if you don't have the passion, it's not going to take you anywhere. So resilience and feel that passion. Know that that's the right way that you're heading into and don't stop. Wow, that's an excellent, excellent piece of advice there, Rosalidia. Well, we're just coming to the end of our interview here, Rosalidia, but I just want to say a very special thank you for coming on to the podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure hearing about your businesses. It's been a pleasure, Susan. I really appreciate this. It's, I, I feel I have a very strong message. I'm very motivating. I'm very inspirational. And I'm really glad that I had this chance to come on your wonderful podcast here and I hope that I inspire some entrepreneurs to take charge and keep moving forward. Absolutely and Rosalidia can you just give out some of your contact information for our listeners on how they can get in contact with you and the names of your businesses? Yes would love that please uh, Dubon Consulting is www.duboneconsulting.com simple Fit and Fabs is the multimedia channel and that is www.fitfit and as in Nancy, fabs, F-A-B-S dot com. And of course, that stands for fit and fabulous. <laughs> uh, same as social media, fit and fabs, Instagram and uh, Facebook. Brilliant. Well, listen, I'm going to put all of that information on the podcast so people can read it as well as hear it. And you're a truly inspirational person, Rosalidia. And thank you so much for speaking with us here in Ireland today. Once again, thank you. appreciate all the help and have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much. listening to Let's Talk Business, the business podcast that connects entrepreneurs globally. And now for our chef section of the show, we have the wonderful Raymond McArdle back with us again. Uh, Raymond, you're very welcome back to the show and thank you for joining us. Thank you. I've decided to do you luxury fish cakes and I actually have them on the menu in the restaurant. So oh, lovely. They're really good. Great. I so love any- fish cakes. We need to start the recipe with 400 grams of mixed ice fish. And if you go to your, the fish department in any of your stores, just ask them for a mixed uh, fish cake mix, like some smoked haddock, some cod, some oh, salmon, really? some prawns. I didn't know you yes. could actually get that. Yeah, they'll just dice it up for you. It's very simple. That's brilliant. And then you put a pot of water on, a small pan of water, and when the water comes up to the boil, Drop the fish in and poach it lightly for about three to four minutes. Strain the water off. Put the fish out on a J-cloth and drain it. So that's cooked, the diced fish. Then get 50 grams of butter, melt it in a saucepan, add 50 grams of flour so you're making a roux for a white sauce. 
half a quarter of a pint of milk and a quarter of a pint of cream, so 250 mils of each. Put that in a saucepan and infuse it with some dill and lemon zest, so as the milk and cream will taste of dill and lemon zest. And then strain that milk onto your roux of butter and flour. And then you're, what you're really doing there is creating a nice white sauce. And if you add it bit by bit, you shouldn't get any lumps. Whisk it slightly. And only cook that out for maybe, you know, seven to ten minutes tops, but on a low heat so as it doesn't catch the bottom. Then take it off, and the, the fish that you have poached, it's well-drained, add it into that white sauce. And season it well with salt and pepper, and then pour it out onto a tray, let it cool, and then put it in the fridge, maybe about for three to four hours, so it's really well chilled. And then get your little scales and measure out each dollop of your fish cake mix, which is like in a cream, thick cream sauce, but 100 gram balls. And you'll be able to work with this. It's like got the texture of plasticine. Okay. And then weigh them out 100 gram balls and then shape them into croquettes, just like croquette potatoes. And then put them in egg wash and some breadcrumbs and do it again twice so you have a wee coating on it. Um, not gluten-free friendly, but I'm sure you can get gluten-free breadcrumbs. And, and in substitute of the flour, you can use rice flour for gluten. And then deep fry. Now, I like to let rest them in the fridge for about a half an hour or so, and the crumbs are well patted into them. And deep fry them at 180 degrees until they're really golden. You don't need to put them in the oven because the sauce is heating them inside. Okay. And then serve them with cucumber and dill mayo. So just finely dice some cucumber, put in a little bit of pickle, drain it, put it in through your mayonnaise and some chopped dill. And it is a delicious starter or delicious snack for a wine dinner. Um, They're stunning. And then when you bite into them, they're very saucy. Oh, nice. But the fish is cooked thoroughly. It's, it's cooked thoroughly beforehand before you put it into the sauce. Oh, you have yeah. it poached off. Absolutely. Delicious. So most people put fish cakes in the oven after the deep frying this because the fish is raw. Yeah. And That's what I was incident, thinking because I would normally cook them in the oven. Yeah, in this incident, um, the, the fish is cooked prehand in the thick sauce. So don't worry about your sauce being too thin. It's not going to be thin. A, a 50 grams of butter and flour totally matches a half a pint of liquid. Okay. So and it's the perfect consistency for fish cakes. I don't like potatoes and fish cakes personally because you've got two bits of fish and lots of potatoes, so that's it's a bad true. job. Yeah, very true. They always have tons of potato. But uh, how are these going down in the new restaurant, Raymond? Every single table orders them. You're joking. And I have them on as snacks as well. So oh, if you don't delish. want a starter, you can just have some snacks. Do you know, I must come down, I must actually come down and sample some of your recipes in the new restaurant. Uh, that's The Forge in Kells, County Meath. Thanks very much. You're very welcome. Well, thank you kindly, Ray. I'm, I'm actually dying to go down and, and have a look. It's getting great reviews anyway. Good. Thank you. And, and thanks to the PR on the radio. It's great. Oh, God, you're more than welcome. And thanks for coming on to the podcast every week. We're absolutely delighted to have you on here. I'm giving you, I'm giving away all my secrets. Oh, yeah, you see, this is true because people, people listening in might actually try to open up a restaurant right next door and start cooking all of your recipes.
No. <laughs> they'd, never, they'd never have the natural flair that you have, Raymond. Never. You know, it's you not all know. about recipes. There's, there's a level of flair involved. Yeah. Well, Raymond, well, thank you so much for coming back on again this week. And uh, you'll join us again next week, I hope. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Ray. Take care. Bye bye. You're listening to Let's Talk Business, the business podcast that connects entrepreneurs globally. And in the studio with me, we have the lovely Marie Nugent, who is a life experience coach. And Marie is here to share with us uh, all of her valuable insights into into mindfulness and wellness and to give us some life tips. Marie, thanks for joining us in the studio again today. Thank you very much for having me, Suzanne. Always a pleasure. You're more than welcome, Marie. More than welcome. Marie, today we're going to talk about a kind of a difficult subject, really. Yeah, it is. It's letting go of friends. <laughs> yeah, when you say it like that, it is actually quite difficult. Uh, yes, it is. Um, and I think, you know, as you evolve and grow as a person, um, there's a saying that people are in your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. So I have friends that I have been friendly with since I was young Not a huge amount, only one or two. But when we get together, it's like as if we've never been away. And there's no, there is no airs or graces. We tell it as it is, (laughs) you know, which is great. Um, And then there are people that, um, you know, that you would have been friendly with. And say that as you're going up and you're going to college and you're gaining new experiences, but also as you learn and grow as a person, you know, fulfilling yourself and finding out who you are that there might be you might feel that you have nothing in common with your friends that's anymore that's actually so true Marie and actually you said to me uh, one time and I, I, it really hit home with me that um, sometimes friendships expire they do and they do. That, that was a shock to my system, but I realised how true it was. Yeah, I've, I'm working with somebody at the moment. And one of the things I said to her was that if you're looking for advice um, for something that you want to do, that you feel maybe that, oh, yeah, I can really make a go of it. Don't go to your friends. <laughs> and same can be said for family. And, uh, and you're absolutely <laughs> right. Don't go to friends yeah. or family because mm-hmm. their natural instinct is to protect you and uh-huh. tell you no. Go to somebody that's already done it. Yes. And go on their advice. And they'll always tell you, if you feel passionately about it, then you you follow it. You should do it. Yeah. So, Marie, in in what ways um, would you say that you can actually, friendships can change and evolve and you can outgrow uh, friendships? Um, I remember there was one friend of mine and I really, really liked her. And um, we did, we actually did meditation together. And... um, I would, you know, we would be connecting with me for coffee every so often. So I found that on a few occasions that I'd be ringing and I, because she wasn't close by to where I was, Mm -hmm. I'd have to drive to meet her. And I'd, you know, I'd ring and I'd say, are you ready? You know, we'll meet. Um, And one time she said, oh, something's come up. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, I won't be able to meet you. Um, And I said, fine. okay, accidents do happen. The second time it happened, um, I thought... Okay, there's something wrong here. And I gave it one more attempt. And I I suppose it's that whole thing three times and you're out (laughs) sort of thing. Um, And when it happened the third time, I thought, okay, it's time regardless. And this is the hard one, regardless of how much I like this person 
and love spending time in their company, I value myself more. more. Wow. I need to draw a line in the sand here and be willing to let it go. And that's what that's actually what I did. Wow. Um it it wasn't really easy. <laughs> so I can't it wasn't imagine it being and, easy. and it was from a, a a mindset but because I like being friendly with everybody. Oh gosh, I'd be, I'd you're be a friend very friendly with, person, Marie. I, I'd be friendly with the with the whole thing. But you know, there's been friendly with somebody and then there is being the older I have gotten and I'm not finishing my sentence now, but the older I get, the more I value people that I resonate with. Yeah. So it's like I'm at you, Susan. And I was like, oh, my God, we so get each other. <laughs> we can sit. We can have a laugh. There's no BS. There's just we can be ourselves and we can tell each other things. And it's in confidence. And we know that is because we tr- actually trust each other. And there that's the type of caliber that I have in my life at the moment, I only have people that I like and trust. And I found that the more I valued myself, the more they actually came into my life. And it's funny, but the others all fell away. That's really, really interesting because I find myself as well, Marie, just on that subject, yeah. that that's starting to happen in my life too. Yeah. That uh, I'm kind of gravitating towards people who are like me yeah. and even with yourself coming yeah. into the studio here um, and people that I would have spent quite a bit of time with are falling away also. Yeah, they are. And it's really interesting how that happens during the stages of, of, of evolution. evolution. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're absolutely right. It, it, and it is a nat- it's almost like a natural law because something to, to invite new into your life, you, you let go of something. Yeah. Regardless of what it is, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a house, whether it's a thought, whatever it is, when you let it go, you actually allow space for new and to bring in people that really resonate with you, that you can have fun with, that you can have a laugh with, that you can share the joy of living with. Yeah. People who are passionate about what it is that they do. People that, you know, you know, when you speak to people and you will know if they get it. You pretty much know straight away and you'll also know if they don't. It's almost like there's a blank. <laughs> there's a blank. And, you know, it, it, there's an instant thought. They have no idea what it is I'm talking talking about. And then you just naturally move away. Um, and because networking, I found networking was hugely powerful mm. in that uh, I found that it almost honed your skills, um, that if you trust when you're going to a networking event that you trust that you're going to actually meet strong, powerful, wonderful women that and because it was a women's networking group, that that's exactly what it is, that you 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 attracted that like minding, like minded vibe. Yeah. Um, and when you do that and when you have that connection, you know, there's there's this perception out there that women can't work together. I have never found that in my entire life. I have always worked, I suppose, because my background is nursing. So we would have all I would have always predominantly it was women, but we always worked as at a team. We looked out for each other. We had each other's backs. So I never had this whole, Mm. you know, been stabbed in the back by women. And it's it's actually. Yeah. So there is that perception. And I don't know where it's come from. Um, And maybe it's not true at all. 
Uh, do you know, Marie, I don't actually think it... Uh, well, maybe it is true for some people, but women generally are communicators. Yes, they and are. And when we have something, uh, something has gone wrong, we say it. Yes. We communicate it. Yeah. You know, well, particularly to other women and particular yeah, when well, we're, particularly to women. When we're, when we're, very, when we're comfortable with them, um, they, it, it does actually make it easier. Um, but also, we don't tend to get ourselves into awkward situations when, 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 when we are with like-minded, because yes. we share the power and vision. And when everybody, when everybody works together, in my experience, then it's just everybody goes up. And that's very, very true. And I heard at a business seminar there recently that you are the sum total of the five people you spend most of your time with. And I totally agree with that. Absolutely. And, and that's why it's really important to have somebody surround yourself with positive, inspiring. This isn't to say that they're not going through their own oh, crap in life. Yeah, that's that's a given. That mm-hmm. is life. Yeah. That's going to happen. And it makes them more human because of we we. What we're tapping into is our humanness uh, as women and our womanhood as women. Uh, Things that we were probably never really allowed to explore in previous generations. And, you know, what a glorious time it is to be um, to be a woman (laughs) and to be alive (laughs) and to be alive and to see this and to feel because it's actually a tangible thing. And I can I can feel it. I can actually feel it in my bones. Yes, <laughs> so I, I, I agree with you. I can feel it too, Marie. And I think that people who have done a lot of work on themselves, especially yourself with the NLP and everything yep. that you've done and you found your passion and the whole yep. lot, there's an awful lot of, well, not an awful lot, but there's a lot of people out there who haven't. Yeah. And I think the people who have and the people who haven't are kind of falling apart a little bit. And I think, you yeah. know, that's that's where some of the friendships can expire, unfortunately. It can. And sadly. It can. But, you know, never underestimate the, 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 effect, the effect you're having on those that are around you. True. True. In your growth and in your development. And you become a role model. So while they may not be... You know, they may not be friends as you know them. Seeing you do what it is you do and do it with passion and find, you know, that they can also do that. And, you know, maybe that it's not now or but that your your friendships can change and you can let them go. But you can still be a role model in their lives as in what it is you do and following your passion. Absolutely, Marie. I fully agree with you on that. Mm. So basically, even if the friendship doesn't last or does expire, there's nothing to say that they won't take some tips from what you've done in helping to find their passion then eventually. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, don't mourn the friendship that's gone, but just know that you're doing what it is you're meant to be doing. And in doing that, you become that beacon of light that shows other women um, and particularly your friends, if they're of that age, that they might think, oh, well, you know, I can't do that. And they yeah. said, well, Susan did it. Yeah. Well, if Susan can do it. So, so can I. And it only takes one person. And it only takes mm. one person. And also for you to realize that you're meant to be doing it different things at different times in your life. Yeah. So, you know, maybe you're discovering, you know, that you're comfortable being in the job and and being in the relationship and minding your children. And that is perfectly right for you 
because that's what you're actually meant to be doing. Yeah. You know, and that is perfectly fine. Once okay. you're happy with it. Yeah. And if you're happy with it, then that you're in exactly the right place. 100%. Doing exactly the right thing. So, you know, there's, there's just so many spokes to this wheel that's coming off. But yes, um, friends come and go. They, they actually do. And sometimes people can feel, back to the guilt subject again, but sometimes people can feel an awful lot of guilt for letting go of a friendship. Yeah. Um, but there are times in your life when there there may be particular friends that you do have to let go of. Yes, you do, particularly if they're negative. Absolutely. You know, you have some, you, you will, you know, you don't need, you've got the voice in your head. You don't need a friend. <laughs> you don't need a friend <laughs> out there, it. you know, to, to reinforce it, telling you, you know, oh, why are you bothering doing that? And, you yeah. know, that's a waste of time. And and a lot of it is because they have that fear in themselves and you know, what they need to be doing is feeding the courage yeah. and telling you, do you know what? You're great. I was going to curse, but I won't. <laughs> but that you're fantastic, that you're wonderful and go go do it because we all we all need times when we father, fa- falter, falter, isn't it? Yeah. When we falter, you know, to have somebody tell us, do you know what? You keep going. It. You can do it. Um, and it's normally just a little hump, and when you get over, then you're 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 back on track again. Um, so, to surround yourself with people positive that actually people. You, positive people that do that, you don't need somebody telling you, "Ah, oh, do you know what? It's time to give up now. You know, go home, <laughs> <laughs> go back to your go back to a comfortable life." But a comfortable night life isn't necessarily the life that you want to lead. Absolutely. And then I I find sometimes in life you can get you can have particular friends that are it's all about them. Yeah. And oh, that's yeah. that. Yeah. That is the end. Yeah. They come to a conversation and it's all like, what happened? And then it's like, they didn't even ask me how I was. No, or <laughs> if you do speak, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'll yeah. just revert back to what <laughs> I was saying. So I suppose, really, yeah. I mean, basically the message of, of the talk that we're having today is, not, is, is the fact that friendships do expire. They do. And it is okay to let them go without guilt that it's okay to move on. It's okay to invite new friends into your life. I came to Atlone uh, only in the last 10 months and I've got a whole new circle of friends that have feel like we've been friends for life. And it's because they're just amazing and exciting and wonderful and they're all different ages. And I feel right at home among them, which is great. Well, Marie, I'm absolutely delighted to hear that. And I'd say a lot of the listeners who are listening to this segment of the podcast will be glad to hear that it is okay. Yes, it is. Yeah. And you don't have to hold on to a negative friend. No, definitely not. Um, Words of power and surround yourself with people who see the power in you and you see the power in them and that you can encourage each other. And it's amazing. The magical things have happened to me since I came to Athlone. My life has gone in a direction that I never thought it would be. I certainly never thought I'd be sitting here <laughs> opposite you, Susan. And the opportunities that, you know, working with you have given me has just expanded my world so much. But if I hadn't joined that group of women, of like-minded women, um, it, the group is called She's Inspired at Lone, by the way, <laughs> for a, anybody a that's nice around. Little, a nice little plug. A nice little plug. But there's also a fabulous group here in Roscommon, as in Network Roscommon, Network Absolutely, Ireland, Roscommon yeah, yeah. branch, equally as powerful mm-hmm. and important. 
the importance of going to these groups the energy that you absorb and that you support each other allows you to expand and grow and that's what it is you want from life that sense of excitement that sense of joy that sense of fulfillment um, th- that sense of evolution um, that that you are evolving and you're growing and you're 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 not where you were a year ago I'm certainly Absolutely. not where I was a year ago nor would I want to be um, you know all the things I've learned the experiences I've done standing up and speaking all those things have have just yeah, it's, there's just real, it's like, uh, there's a real sense of excitement in life now. That's so there fantastic. Is. And, a, and you can put a lot of that down to, I suppose, with aligning yourself with people who think like you. Yes, very yeah, much so. so. That's so important. Because none of us remain up and buoyant no, the whole time. Absolutely You not. know, it's a bit like you get pulled down and to have somebody that you can reach out to. And sometimes, you know, because if you've got your own self-awareness and you're, you know you that you're well on the road to self-development, you know it's only it's only a blip. <laughs> and that once you have, you know, that connection and somebody there um, and also, you know, the things that you can do for yourself, like meditation, but reaching out to friends who get you and say, do you know what? You're doing brilliantly. Keep going. It it might be all that it's taking. It's fantastic. Words of encouragement. Words of encouragement. And it, yeah. it's just it can really make a very, very big difference in a, yes, per- to a person and, and in a person's day. Yeah. So, Marie, we're just coming up to the end of our talk here now. Do you have a final note on friendships expiring that you would like to say? Nothing really other than let them go. Um, Because until you do, you're not going to invite people that appreciate you into your life. And you need to surround yourself with people who appreciate yourself. That's a wonderful note to finish up. Marie, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm looking forward to speaking with you next week. Thank you so much, Susan. Thank you.